are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What's good? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and where they are now. So, hey, y'all, what's good? Okay, as always, I'm just so happy to be here today. Especially because we have a phenomenal weekend coming up in terms of, first of all, boxing. Because finally, we are getting to see the the most anticipated rematch of, of the modern era of boxing. And yes, of course, I'm talking about the boxing rematch between Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, and Canelo Alvarez. So we saw these two guys fought in 2016, in the September of 2016, and it's almost been two years ever since they first fought. But finally, the wait is coming to an end, and fingers crossed, let's hope by the time that this actually gets uh, uh, on air and broadcasted, and by the time that the guys weigh in, and by the time that it is Finally, fight night, nobody gets injured, and nothing bad goes down, and hopefully, I pray to the boxing gods that this fight actually does get to happen. So, yes, of course, you guessed it right. Today, we are going to be thoroughly breaking down the fight between Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, and Canelo Alvarez, the rematch number two. Yes, you heard that right. Ooh, yeah, this is going to be bomb. Yeah. You just heard that here on TKO, yeah. Alright, so we have that coming up today on the show. And not only that, we also have a phenomenal UFC fight night coming up. So UFC is actually having their inaugural fight card in Russia finally after so many years. So, okay, here's the thing. So everybody was thinking that this Russia card in Moscow was going to be featuring the most anticipated MMA match of the modern era of at least the year, which was the fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov, the current lightweight champion of the UFC, and of course, the notorious Conor McGregor. So everybody was thinking that that fight was actually going to be um, held in Russia. However... I don't know, maybe if it was actually being uh, held in Russia, maybe the crowd was just biasly rooting for Khabib because Khabib is from Russia, obviously, and they would boo Connor or, I don't know, something like that. So what they have done is they've uh, sort of chosen a neutral uh, fight, like the a neutral main event for this um, uh, first card in Russia in Moscow. So the main event of this phenomenal fight card is actually going to be a heavyweight bout between Mark Hunt and Alexei Olenek. Now, um, I believe Olenek is actually from Russia, so maybe the crowd is like uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, leaning towards his side and rooting for him. But Mark Hunt, let's not forget, he is a pioneer in the sport and um He's always, I feel like he's always going to be one of those figures in the whole history of mixed martial arts that everybody's going to 
always think about whenever you think of um, heavyweight uh, fights in, in the whole world of MMA. So Mark Hunt is a legend. And uh, finally, after so many months of uh, being absent from the octagon, he's finally making another return into the octagon, but now against Alexei Olenek. And not only that, there's so many other good cards, uh, or rather good fights on this main card of uh, UFC Fight Nights in Russia and Moscow. We have uh, another fight between Andre Arlovsky, who's also another legend in the sport and a veteran of the sport. So Andre Arlovsky, he actually used to be a champion. So he's a former champion and he's going to be fighting against Russia's very own Shamil Abdurakimov. So this fight is actually going to be uh, really, really exciting because um, uh, actually, so the two fights that I just mentioned for this um, UFC fight card in Moscow, both of them are um, heavyweight bouts. And uh, we all know how things are with heavyweight bouts. They're they always tend to be super, super exciting. And the rate of knockouts just um, ultimately goes really, really up whenever you even mention a heavyweight fight, especially in MMA. So because of all those things, these two fights are actually going to be hella amazing. And um, even though we are going to be thoroughly break breaking down these two particular fights, but there are so many other fights on the main card of UFC Moscow. So make sure you guys actually tune in to watch all of those other fights as well. I know because you guys already know how much how much I love to talk about certain things. And uh, we don't always have enough time to talk about every single fight that is going to be on every single fight card. So we just usually pick the most important ones to talk about and the ones that have the most um, important implications you could say in terms of um, some of the upcoming fights that could be featured after these fights are actually held on fight nights so you know in terms of those things we just choose the most important fights to break down and of course because we have the triple g and canelo fight to break down that's like the the main event of our breakdowns you could say so because of that i believe we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about that rematch between canelo and triple g so let's be wise with our timing and hopefully we get to talk about all the things that i just talked about okay so without further ado let's get started all right <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Okay, I love these sound bites, man. Like, they just bring so much life into the podcast, I feel like. I don't know. You guys let me know on Twitter at Janon if you like the sound bites or not, but I love it. Shout out to Joe Budden, actually. So as a podcaster, I don't know if you guys actually listen to other podcasts or if you're if you're a podcaster yourself, but a lot of the guys that I look up to, like Joe Rogan, and actually in this particular case, Joe Button, um, he tends to use a lot of sound bites on his own podcast, the Joe Button podcast. So I mostly took my inspiration from um, his podcast because I feel like he's really slick and smooth with um, his own using of um, sound as sound bites on his own podcast. So shout out to Joe Button. Um, he's a true inspiration. I love him so much. I love his podcast as well. All right. So now without further ado, let's get started. And actually, before we get started with uh, all the breakdowns, I would like to point out a few things in regards to some of the fights that actually happened over this past weekend. So, okay. Over this past weekend, I don't know, you guys listening to this right now, UFG students, Griffins listening to this right now, you were probably busy partying or, you know, getting to know your fellow roommates and your, uh, I don't know, blockmates or whatever, you know, partying, doing whatever. Maybe you didn't actually have time to catch up with the fights. 
But if you didn't, that's okay because we're going to be briefly talking about them here right now. So we over the past weekend we had all sorts of fights happening, taken from ACB fights, ACB MMA fights in Russia, which were pretty amazing. And uh, we've already mentioned it here on the show. Uh, so ACB's motto actually for all of their fights is um, they tend to promote more fighting and less show. So they don't actually want to, you know, uh, have the big entrance stuff like like some other organizations do, like how other organizations do for their fighters. Like, you know, I like if I'm not sure if you guys have seen like some of the entrances that especially some boxers have whenever they want to enter uh, into the ring. It, they tend to be super actually mesmerizing and really beautiful. But obviously that takes a lot of time and preparation and uh, it, it, some of them can actually get expensive at times. But what ACB does is, uh, just like I said, so they don't actually put a lot of focus into the show, quote-unquote show, but they really care about the fighting, which which is pretty much the essence of every single MMA fight, which I actually do give them a lot of props. And um, w- I also feel like this is what makes ACB so much more distinguished from other MMA fighters because, you know, if they actually try to mimic what other mainstream MMA organizations are doing, like the UFC or Bellator, you know, they would just go with the same format and try to pretty much imitate those organizations. But what they're doing is they're they're just doing their own thing. And I, that's actually pretty respectable. And um, it has its own advantage, advantages as well. So on this particular ACB card, what you would notice was um, the fights kept on coming one after another. So only about two minutes after one fight would end, you would see the next fight. You know, the bell would actually ring and the fighters would be fighting right away. So that's actually a cook, a, a, a good um schedule to to hold i feel like and um you know as the as the fans and as the people that you were watching you you wouldn't really get bored by the by the advertisements that were on tv or anything that would it was actually moving really fast and i personally as a as a pure um mma fan i actually enjoy that because i i like seeing fights after one another and um you know, I didn't really care about the side and accessory um, stuff that uh, usually shows tend to have whenever they tend to broadcast MMA fights. So ACB didn't actually have those things, those side things, those extra things. And I actually really liked that about ACB. Anyhow, let's talk about the fights at ACB. So we already talked about it here on the show last week. So my brother from another mother, Mr. Amir Aliakbari, who used to be a world champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 96 kilos, he was actually fighting on this particular ACB card, and um, his opponent was a very big heavyweight guy. He was from Poland, uh, Omil Lachuk. Excuse me again, I butchered his last name. I'm really sorry. I did, I did the same thing last episode as well, but I, I tried my best, but. Mir Bari was fighting Omil uh, Lachuk, and Omil Lachuk, he has he has had previous experience in um, K1 kickboxing fighting. So that's like uh, really, really um, uh, full full contact, you could say, in terms of kickboxing. Like they go all the way out whenever they're fighting in, in, in those um, set of rules of um, K1 kickboxing whenever they're fighting. 
So that was only Lanchuk's uh, background when he was coming into this fight. And of course, Amir Ali-Ikbari, he, uh, he's a wrestler and wrestling is obviously his forte. And um, yes, okay, one, another thing to point out is uh, that this fight wasn't actually like the co-main or the main event, but it was a very important fight because the heavyweight champion of ACB was actually sitting ringside while this fight was in process because the winner of this fight between Omar Lanchuk and Amir Ali-Akbari is going to get the heavyweight champion at ACB next. And we're going to talk about that later. And so anyhow, in regards to the actual fight, so everybody was doing, uh, both parties were doing what they were actually good at. So Omi Lanchuk was throwing a lot of leg kicks and was trying to hurt the lead leg of um, Amir Ali Akbari. And then Amir Ali Akbari was actually taking all that impact and he kept on switching stances because those leg kicks were actually hurting him. But because he saw that coming towards him, he thought of another thing, which was to stick to his own roots of wrestling. And so after he saw all of that damage coming towards him, he uh, kept on attempting takedowns. But but Omi Lanchuk was a very big guy, obviously, and it's really hard to take someone like him down. But eventually, Amir Alikbari was successful at um, taking Omi Lanchuk down. And he was like throwing him, throwing him all over the place. He was twisting him and um, he was just slapping him, you know, slamming him even on the canvas. But the thing when he was going for ground and pound, of course, which is something that he really tends to do in his fights, Emery Ali Bari. But something that really um, struck me was that even though Amir Ali Bari would take Amulanchuk down and he would actually be in dominant positions on the ground I don't know why there were so many occasions that Amir Ali Bari could have potentially gone for a rear naked choke for for a smooth um, shortcut in the fight and for for him to ultimately finish the fight but I don't know he why but he just wouldn't do it and instead, he would try to, you know, reposition himself to, uh, he, he, I feel like in his mind, he thought that this was a wrestling match. So he was just trying to uh, do what wrestlers do in their match to get the most points. But I feel like he needs to ultimately realize that he can actually utilize his, uh, because he's so good at taking down people. Once he actually um, gains those takedowns and his opponent is on the ground, he actually needs to utilize all of that jujitsu skills that he has because, you know, that's why they're there because you need to use them and because they actually help you win fights. But for whatever reason, unfortunately, Amir Ali did not use any jujitsu skill at all, even though I could at least count like 10 times that he could have gone for a rear naked choke to choke out um, Omi Lanchuk, but unfortunately he didn't. And uh, ultimately, the fight just ended and they declared Amir Ali Akbari the winner. But overall, I I'm a huge fan of Amir Ali Akbari. You guys can actually search him up and you can see his um, previous matches, not just in MMA, but also his previous, uh, his old uh, wrestling matches as well. He's a very strong guy, but I feel like he has so much more in him. And I feel like he needs to perhaps change camps or, you know, things like that to, to just uh, 
uh, bring the best out of him because he has the essence in him. And I feel like if he actually uh, commits enough hours into training and into especially working on his jujitsu, he's going to be the one of the deadliest heavyweights out there that is in the whole uh, game of MMA. And I feel like if he actually works on his jujitsu because he already has a striking, okay, his shots are actually really heavy and he has the takedowns and the wrestling as well. All he needs to work on is the jujitsu. So I, my recommendation for Amir Ali Kabari is to listen, Amir, you need to change camps and you need to work on your jujitsu. And after you do that with the skills that you're going to show to the world and your fights, who knows? Maybe you can actually get a UFC contract with Dana White because you, you actually have it in you. So why not just just um, uh, practice upon it and, and get better at, at, at everything as a mixed martial artist? So that's my advice to Muriel Akbari. But other than that, uh, I love the whole ACB show. And not only that, so the ACB card actually happened over day. And of course, we had UFC 228 happening overnight. And um, the preliminary card was actually really good. I saw a lot of good um, knockouts and um, uh, fights that actually deserve to win the, the bonus of the nights, like the fight of the nights, whatever you call it. It's like $50,000 if you actually have a good show on your on your fight. And so the preliminary card was good and so was the main card. And uh, one thing to point out was that the original co-main event of UFC 228 was actually scrapped because the women's um, flyweight champion was hospitalized and she couldn't make weight for her fight. And um, instead, we had the uh, other women's fight that was uh, featuring the main card, which was between, which was a strawweight fight between uh, Jessica Andrade and Carolina Kowalkiewicz. And that fight actually ended really quickly, fairly quickly, because uh, it was a knockout by Jessica Andrade and she knocked out Carolina Kowalkiewicz. So shout out to her. She demonstrated a lot of power and um, why she could potentially be the next person in line for that strawweight title and of course let's not forget how amazing the main event of UFC 228 was the one between Darren Till and the champion Tyron Woodley so everybody was actually I know, okay, at least I know a lot of people that were rooting for Darren Till because Darren Till, obviously he's like 11 years younger than Tyron Woodley and um, he has really good Muay Thai skills. That's his background. And because of all of that, he most of the fights that he's been been in, especially in his mixed martial arts fights, he, all of those have actually resulted in a knockout. And he, until that point, he was undefeated. But then the fight actually started and Tyron Woodley proved us all wrong. He proved why he deserved to be called the welterweight champion of the world because from the very first second, he brought on his explosiveness and he was constantly and constantly attacking Darren Till. And Darren Till couldn't even throw anything. He, Tyron Woodley didn't even give time to Darren Till to even, even take a breath because he was constantly charging forward and just um, throwing strikes at him. And then ultimately in the, in the next round, in the second round, um, uh, Tyron Woodley, he ultimately knocked out Darren Till. And it was a phenomenal night 
of uh, of fights overall and also in terms of that fight so after that fight actually ended Tyron Woodley was actually awarded his very own uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt by his Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach which is a great honor especially if you receive it after such a hard and um, actually a really good fight and uh, you know the whole world is actually seeing you get your uh, black belts and it's just a huge honor and uh, I honestly I feel like uh, Tyron Woodley looked happier that he got his black belts from his coach that he was happy to uh, defend his welterweight title that he was happy to get the welterweight belt wrapped uh, around his um, uh, <laughs> his uh, back so I mean shout out to him he definitely showed us why he deserves to be called a champion and I know a lot of people out there were doubting him especially because of the past few performances that he has had but overall shout out to him and shout out to Darren Till for showing heart and um, uh, being a true gentleman not really trashing uh, Tyron Woodley after the fight and really respecting what had happened and um, he'll be back trust me he's a young guy and he has so much talent in him so he will definitely be back and um, yeah man I'm honestly just really proud of Tyron Woodley because he he just um, uh, went for full-on re- redemption and he did redeem himself finally all right so there was that and that was actually really long i'm so sorry but now let's quickly get to our breakdown of canelo Alvarez and gennady golovkin the rematch all right so here we go okay so canelo Alvarez and triple g I'm going to give you a brief background, even though I've said this, uh, I've talked about this issue many, many times on the show, but I feel like I am just I just have to give you guys a brief background of uh, this whole uh, beef between Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. So obviously, Triple G, he is the most dominant fighter in the middleweight division in boxing, which is like at around 160 pounds, right? So he's a champion and um, he is undefeated. He's just constantly mauling over opponents here and there. And then on the other hand, we have Canelo Alvarez, who originally fights at uh, welterweight, which is around 147 pounds in boxing. And he's faced opponents like Floyd Money Mayweather. And as actually, as a matter of fact, his only loss ever in his professional career has been to Floyd Money Mayweather. But ever since his loss to Floyd Money Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez has actually improved so much as a fighter. And because he has improved so much and because of the fact, I feel like, okay, this is something that goes uh, unnoticed whenever we talk about Canelo. But I feel like the fact that Floyd Money Mayweather completely retired from boxing, especially from the welterweight division, that gave Canelo so much more room to grow because the competition is obviously now gone. And um, if you fought the best guy in the division and you are the second next best, uh, best guy in the division, well, obviously you just automatically become the best guy in the division, right? So because of that, that gave Canelo so much room to grow. And of course he grew and he put in work and um, he's uh, actually been putting on weight. So he went from welterweight to middleweight uh, to fight Triple G. Okay, so Triple G and Canelo had their first fight in September 2016. The fight, a lot of people say the fight was close. Okay, I I agree if you talk about the first few rounds. The first few rounds were actually close, but after about like the sixth round, Triple G was completely dominating over Canelo. 
And I feel like Canelo was using shortcuts and things that the the judge, uh, the judges weren't actually seeing to turn the fight into his um, own advantage. And I, you guys know me, I don't like cheaters. And I'm not implying that Canelo Alvarez cheated in that fight, but there were so many instances that Canelo would do a thing, but it's not like something that you would see all the time in, in boxing fights. And it's like, for, for example, okay, so what he would do is he would get into a clinch. This is a boxing fight. He would get into a clinch with Triple G. He would like put Triple G in a neck crank and um, he would throw punches from behind towards Triple G's head. And, you know, like that's just tricky. Like you shouldn't really do that. You should just go by the rules and, you know, just, just fight a clean fight. That's what I like about fights, but Canelo was just trying to do weird stuff, okay? But it, it was weird in terms of that. But overall, if you ask me, it was a close fight, but I would have given the fight to Triple G by unanimous decision, but the judges actually saw it a whole nother way, and the fight was actually declared a draw. So now, for the second time, we are set to see these two phenomenal fighters fight once again, Everybody have has been training so hard for this fight. Canelo, he has been um, set back actually one time because this fight was supposed to be happening on Cinco de Mayo on May 5th. But Canelo had tested positive for clenbuterol, um, a substance that is obviously banned by the United States Anti-Doping Agency. And um, so the fight never really happened. But now it's finally set to happen. And we could not be any happier than this. So here's the thing, guys. So I feel like what... Okay, overall, this is... Okay, real talk. Triple G is the better guy in terms of techniques. He's a way much more uh, technical guy than uh, Canelo Alvarez. But Canelo, he delivers a lot of power in his weight division for the 160 pounds that he's in. He actually delivers a lot of power. And let's not, you know, give him any grief for that. That's actually a really praiseable thing. But I feel like the way that you see Canelo train and the way that he fights on fight nights, they're two different things. And I don't know why, but maybe he's tired or maybe he's just tired of, of the weight cut or whatever it is. But I feel like if Canelo fights the same way that we've seen with videos of him fights in, in sparring sessions, then he could absolutely win this fight. If he delivers the same amount of knockout power that he does in um, sparring sessions, then he can absolutely knock out Triple G. However, just like I said, we don't see the same Canelo that we see in all of those um, sparring videos. We don't see the same Canelo on actual fight nights. But Triple G, he's a very consistent guy. The same person that we see train. We see, uh, we actually see a better Triple G on Finite. We see a 10 times better Triple G on Finite. And yes, even though he comes to the, uh, even though when he actually does come into the weigh-ins, he doesn't really have any abs. And it, some people actually say that he has a dad bod. <laughs> but the reality is he's a phenomenal boxer and he's a very technical boxer. So I feel like if, Canelo actually wants to go off of his um, power in this fight and wants to go for the knockout and not really watch out for uh, his um, whole game strategy, not really watching out for how much energy is he actually putting into every single round. You know, he could uh, potentially get gassed out. And that is the problem with Canelo Alvarez. However, with Triple G, I feel like he's uh, he's a better uh, like he's uh, he tends to relax better whenever he fights 
And because of all the techniques that he knows, and because of the fact that he knows how to smartly uh, bring out those weapons of his in the fights, I feel like if the fight does go to decision, again, Triple G will win this fight. So that is my prediction for this fight. Guys, unfortunately, we didn't have time to break down the UFC fight nights in Moscow, but definitely do catch up with both of these fights, UFC Fight Night uh, in uh, Moscow, and of course, Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez number two. Definitely do cash up with both of these fight cards. They're going to be amazing, and um, I'm I'm super, super excited, especially for the boxing fight between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, and I hope you are as well. And unfortunately, I'm looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we're going to have for this week. Once again, <laughs> if I haven't uh, emphasized enough, please do watch this fight between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G and UFC Fight Night in Moscow as well. And uh, to listen to our previous episodes, you can go to CFRU.ca. And of course, you can go to SoundCloud and iTunes if you haven't already to listen to our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.